Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Space Trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and your rings. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, trashlings, and welcome to the Oscars pre-show episode of Space Trash. Can we say that? I think we just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the Oscars pre-show episode of Space Trash Podcast. We said it first. Um, uh, I'm Sarah Armour. I'm Molly Malshine. And in order to prepare for the Oscars, I watched none of the movies. The Oscars are on Sunday. I saw one of them. I saw the Irish one. And we watched Chris Rock's Netflix special. That was the main thing that we have done so far, at least on my end. Um, I actually am not even aware of which films were nominated this year that is how and I'm a film lover so I'm truly look if it's not hot goss I don't give a fuck and it, it, either hot goss or murder I'm done that's it I'm hot goss and and murder only so I have no idea what the films are even but yeah I obviously watched Chris Rock <laughs> yeah there's a hot goss vacuum in Hollywood we need to bring back like Julia Roberts uh you know wearing t-shirts against her ex's new girlfriend and things like you know what i mean like we need the we need the movie stars to remember who the f they is and start acting like influencers yeah but again the influencers because- fucked us because the movie stars were never influencers in that way that's why when they did shit like wear a passive aggressive shirt it was so influential and like such big news right well they were influencers but they coast because they because they had a talent, forgive me, a talent to to coast on and an actual body of work, they didn't have to exploit every petty squabble for for attention. They just exploited the ones they wanted to. They got to pick and choose. And they did it all the time. Right. Like if you read any old memoir of any like, oh my God, there's this great piece in like this month's Vanity Fair about Gloria Swanson's memoir and how she stopped, she left her husband because he was bad at writing it and started fucking the other guy that was writing it. And this was when she was like 65. So like, they all are that messy. Like all the stars are this messy. It's just that like somehow the movie and TV and music people to a lesser extent, mostly the movie and TV people have kind of decided that they need to close ranks a little bit and act like they're really classy and they don't have these these dramas and I think it's to the detriment of the box office yeah I mean I think it, everything is everything the south node in Scorpio reminds us that you know we gain something we lose something we gained a me too movement we lost anybody doing anything uh were scandalous in Hollywood maybe not that's that's a leap we lost we lost Miramax, which put out some of the best freaking movies of all time. Wow, yeah. I mean, and obviously it's not worth it, but it's like, yeah, I guess I see what you're saying a little bit. The thing about Hollywood, like pre-social media, was that everything was so like about power and, and control and about closed doors. 
yeah you know what you did behind closed doors then you know the casting couch is not just in porn apparently you know it's like literally I think a lot of that I think a lot of shady shit was done and then they got called out for it now it's like um yeah we overcorrected everyone like is so scared that they're going to be called out because like so many of these predatory men in power still don't understand what's harassment and what's just pushing the boundaries of art so like they're just not doing anything interesting and also to be fair you and I panned blonde on this very podcast which you could say is you know one of the only movies that actually did try to do something slightly interesting this year the only thing I have to say about that is Anna de Armas was great in Blonde. Oh, yeah. She said that. at the. I still can't get enough. I love the rap. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like all the movies are really boring right now because everyone's too scared. They are too scared because they and this is a good segue for Chris Rock's special. He does talk a little bit about like cancel culture, which is so boring to even talk about. But, you know, it I think it it is almost even more of an issue in movies because there's so much money on the line. So, like, if one thing goes awry on your movie, like, look at what's going on with the shooting on Rust, you know? Like, if this happened 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it would just, I mean, it would be a big deal, but the movie would have wrapped by now and come out. 30 years ago, maybe. 60 years ago, it would have been like, eh, she was a woman. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yeah. Chris Rock's new special, Selective Outrage, it came out on Sunday. He did it live, and then they edited it and reposted it Sarah what did you think first of all I love that he did it live and it live streamed and then they edited it it's almost like seeing something that I've dreamed of from for a long time or at least since COVID began actually becoming real which I think is so cool I think the only way that I've had trouble watching stand-up comedy specials in the past few years because it just isn't actually like stand-up comedy should feel like a live event It should feel like, and I think just knowing that it was streaming and that this is a performance that he knows is being streamed made it, I just, it made it so much more enjoyable for me because we were all in that same, it's like putting it as it put the audience in the room, like you're in a standup show being like, okay, like we're in this together. Is he going to do it? And this is one take. This is all it is. So I loved that about it. I thought it was a good reminder to me about how simple comedy can be. Um, because it's like almost like I guess I vacillated sometimes I was like oh my god he kind of did sort of like hack premises and like whether that but then I'm like no it actually is the job of the mega comedians who are in the Meryl Streep pantheon on the comedy level to kind of come down to the meme culture but then give us better punchlines which I think he delivered yeah Um, and his delivery is just so good that like sometimes he says stuff where I'm like this is gonna sound really egotistical but like one or two things I was like oh I would have totally thought of that punchline and it wouldn't have worked because I wouldn't have had his delivery because he's just like every pore of his body is funny you know okay so I'm actually quadruple egotistical to you because in my note-taking as I was watching it specifically this morning when I was re-watching it I was actually note-taking jokes that he made that we have said on the pod oh my god like what R. Kelly versus Michael Jackson Michael Jackson was just better, although I still do stand by Ignition and Step in the Name of Love beyond Jackson level. So, but we talk about that and that's, we've made that joke. Um, Yeah, that's true. We have. And we talk, because I was thinking about that, that, because my thing is, he didn't do anything fucked up until his music already had gone downhill. So to me, 
no harm, no That's foul. That's a great point, right? There's a correlation between when the music was fun and when he was still fun. Right. And like R. Kelly married a minor before Ignition ever was a twinkle in his eye. So that's... <laughs> You know what I mean? And like, say, yeah, Chris, totally. Chris Brown doesn't have a single hit that justifies what he has done to women repeatedly. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm Michael Jackson. Yeah, I'm going to listen to music from when he was normal. Like he is commenting on what we're all commenting on. Like he took very basic premises and even the first beats of the punchlines were almost like the meme level punchlines. And then there was always a heightening that was like, wow, that's way better than us. And like, yeah. wow, that's really fucking funny. Like he made everything. Every time I thought he was saying something that was like going to be like hack or like, we already said that or whatever. He he actually like turned the corner and yeah, it it's like comedy actually essentially is simple. It is about listening to what's going on in the culture and responding. And then it's just about having your own point of view be so sharp that you can say whatever the fuck you want. I loved that he talked about Meghan Markle. I love when people like, like just calling out the very basic thing of like, you really didn't Google them. What did you think was going to happen? Oh, that was like, like, that was next to my list. I'm like that you've been said you've said that on yeah. at least five podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been saying that for years because she's lying. She Googled them. I'm sorry. Either you either she's lying or she's an idiot. And we know she's not an idiot. So like, it's yeah, I don't know. I loved that he talked about that. And that he was like, what did he say? He said they're the two live crew of racism. No, they said they were the Sugar Hill game. Yeah, yeah, said, yeah. A hip, a hop, a hippie to the. That was so funny. To the other countries, and we are colonial or something like that. Premise of it's in law shit. We have made that point, and I thought he was going to say the lip gloss thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he made I it mean, way better with the racist joke, and yeah, I thought that was excellent. I liked his whole thing about abortion, where oh, he said, "I've paid for more abortions than any woman in this room." That was kind of funny. Loved it. I think it was like so bold that he's like, I believe women should have the right to kill babies. Let's not get it twisted. It's killing babies. Sometimes I call up the doctor like a hitman. Is it done? <laughs> no, it, that made me laugh. But see, that's what I'm saying. It's like he's afraid. The minute he said kill babies, and let me be clear, it is babies, just make this work. And then it was like, yeah, the hitman did it. The hitman first punchline. And then the second punchline is that you should be able to kill a baby until it's four. Which yeah. and then which also then like emphasizes and, and he said actually, women he wasn't he did like fetuses he 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 was going somewhere specifically women should have a right to kill a baby women should have the right to old. kill yeah yeah he, he, he said fuck trimester semester that was so but, funny yeah. and like I don't know obviously he's joking but like I mean it is going to be a baby if you don't kill it so I just I mean yeah you if it's something that's inside your body living off of your body then yeah you have a right to to end that and like quibbling over whether it's a baby or not is like a, a thing from the right wing to make us all feel bad and think we're going to go to hell, you know? So it's, well, and it's, it's such a like, subversive way to say like, that is what he's saying in not saying it at all. And that is where I'm like, wow, comedy is cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cause like, right. Like we can call it a baby, a fetus or whatever, whatever. I mean, I still call Desi's baby, a baby and he's seven. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's just, do women have a right to not be pregnant if they don't want to be pregnant? Yes. Who cares? And then you the, can call it whatever you want. You can call it a senator in there. Who cares? It's Right, literally, my little, my little senator. <laughs> yeah, like, if you get pregnant, you don't have to keep it. That's it. It's a, But it's I love that he was emphasizing, procedure. like, women can. Like, it's not on us. And then him saying, what was his, like, yeah, if you have to, if you have to pay for an abortion, if you have to pay, if for, you your have to pay abortion, for your own abortion, you should get an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So funny. Yeah. So like, funny. And then he's like, stop dating broke. 
stop dating broke dick that can't support you if you get pregnant. Like, lol. Yeah. Like, I remember one time talking about people who, talking to someone who was like anti abortion. I don't remember where I was. It must have been when I was like working in a restaurant or something, talking to like a fellow idiot that worked with me who was like, what about these women who get like five abortions? And I'm like, they should especially be allowed to. Like that is irresponsible. That's irresponsible to be getting like multiple abortions as your first port of call instead of using birth control. Yeah, you're an idiot. And I'm so glad that you're able to get those abortions because you should not be having like if you can't take care of yourself, you shouldn't be taking care of anybody else. Yeah. That's yeah, that's very funny. And right, but like that's what I'm saying. Like, so it's like same joke, but he's doing it all in such a tight, efficient way that it yeah, it, it like all rang very true. And then he, he had, I mean, delighted and surprised around the way. Cause then he started talking about his daughters. Did you watch alone or did you watch with Nick? Nick had to leave for the whole middle half. So we watched, yeah, the beginning and the end together. So I was mostly it's, alone. It's always interesting to me when I watch comedy alone versus when I'm with someone, whether or not I laugh out loud. I know when and, he left the room, I was still laughing out loud. So that's what I was going to say. I will say there were there were a number of times in this where I actually did have a react where I was like, ah, like, so when he, for some reason, the way he delivered, like my daughter's a biter. And then like that whole thing about like, that's just who she is. I right. like, I just loved it. And he was like, you think me and my wife were at home right. teaching her how to bite and sharpening her teeth. <laughs> so right. Right. That, and and it's that's so just tr- her nature. That's just who she is. Right. We didn't raise her to be a biter. Yeah. And it's so true that he's like, kids are innocent. Like they're no, they actually are the meanest fucking people alive. Like the meanest things people have said to me were when I was a kid and they were kids, you know, like I, it is so annoying when people say that. Yeah. I really liked that part. The only part where he did start to lose me and it's not because I was offended. It was because it, it was a blind spot to me was when he was talking about uh, how when he's dating women, he likes to date 25 year olds because all they want you to buy is a pair of shoes. I was like, nobody bought me a pair of shoes when I was 25. Mm -hmm. What? Date someone with a job. And then he's like, and then when you date a 45, 50 year old, they're like, can you pay for my new roof? And I'm like, you know, you can date people with jobs, right? Like you don't have to date people that want stuff from you. Oh, you felt for him. No, I just was like, this isn't women's fault. Like you're going for people who. I don't think he was saying it was women's fault, but I did make a note. I want to know what Molly thinks about this. I know Molly's going to hate this. Yeah, I didn't like that. I knew that makes sense. Because nobody bought bought me shit when I was 25. I didn't know I could just text a guy a link and be like, get me these shoes. What? Well, and I was so angry at that time that whenever people did, there was, I still regret. There was a guy who I met at at my friend's wedding who was like you pick out whatever Prada fanny pack you want and send me a link and I was like that won't be necessary I will start my own line and like here I am today I know like, ew. Like, why did I up for the Prada bag and just fucking sell it why did our moms <laughs> teach us to be that way ew you know what I mean right like oh like oh I could oh I couldn't possibly oh I couldn't possibly receive this gift of this thing that I actually really fucking want and that even to this day would be helpful to have yeah when I was in sixth grade I had a little boyfriend and he came to school and he gave me all of his Pokemon holographic cards. There was like 80 of them as just like, you know, a show of his devotion. And my mom made me bring them back to school and give them back to him. Cause she was like, Molly's not going to use these. No, she just was like, no, you're not taking those. They're, oh my God, they're his. Pokemon. Co- Wait. Yeah. Uh, that like breaks. It almost breaks my heart for the boy. Cause he's like, I mean, I feel like I would clock that as a rejection. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? You're like, I'm not rejecting you, but I just, I want you to keep being able to use these cards that I know now are mine. No, it's like, I don't deserve them or something. It's like, oh, of I, course. 
but like yeah. you don't you get the feeling of you don't deserve them he gets the feeling of she doesn't want them and really your mom was just like we couldn't possibly it's far too much right and it was fucking pokemon cards it's like who what who cares but maybe that's she, why i what no was one she was trying to teach shit. you well right and like first of all yes but also like what do you think she was trying to teach you some kind of like false modesty thing and like catholic guilt like a guilt thing of no you don't take this from him like it's his he needs it it's not for you kind of thing which like i don't know how that has repercussed down the road we can all think about that but well no men bought you shoes in your 20s so right but yeah (laughs) like that whole extended thing and him saying women have all the power because there's nothing more powerful than female beauty what about ugly women no power yeah but he's saying women have all the power like he's literally talking about the tiniest subset of women he's talking about like women who he himself finds extremely beautiful and he's admitting that he allows them to walk all over him and make him pay for their car and their roof and it's just like no 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 you're the problem here like you don't need it doesn't need to be this way like you can control yourself and not cheat on your wife with Rosario Dawson, first of all. And second of all, you can date women with like jobs, you know? I mean, not that, not that Rosario Dawson doesn't have a job. Obviously I'm sure she wasn't asking for him to pay for her new roof, but it just was like, it just, I don't know. I didn't like how he was presenting this stuff as like a universal truth when it was like, no, you very clearly like your picker is off. The astrology will tell us if in fact he could stay faithful to his wife and, or, why he might be everyone can things it's called not putting your dick in other people don't cheat i mean yeah don't is actually yeah everyone's like capable enough. of not cheating. everyone's capable but but it is it's the easiest some thing in the world it is in certain people's natures like you can see in a chart if that's going to be someone's nature and we'll talk about it and there's lessons to learn there etc and we could see why he might even on an internal level be feeling like unworthy of an equal partnership i guess is what i'm saying although i do think rosario is no, not an equal. Anyway, um, but close, yeah. But, but and close. his first—that's on the level. That's like. And have you seen his wife? She's fucking stunning. And then he complains that like she got half of his stuff, and it's like she raised your children. Like, yeah, but the yeah, but I thought the whole point of that, which and I loved the punchline. I thought the whole point because I was a little bit like that. I had the same like. Okay, of course she should have gotten half. Of course she she gets half. She should get more. But then he said, and she's not funny at all. I did love that. Just from a comedian, to me that was like a a, a joke for the comedians to the comedians in a way where it's like, like I guess. But I don't know. I just hate when rich guys complain that they have to share their money with loved ones that they've screwed over. You cheated on her, right? You cheated on her. Right. You didn't like, do her a favor by giving you half. Yeah, and also you're still rich. He's still fucking rich. This is why I hate when these people complain about this. Any like rich guy that you're be like, oh, I have to pay my alimony. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, like you're still rich. Right. If you can pay alimony, that's why you didn't have the abortion. <laughs> yeah. like, right. I just, I don't know. It just bothers me. And then it was really funny when he was talking about the difference between neighborhoods where women don't have jobs and men don't have jobs. That was oh, really yeah. funny. But, and it's a really good point. But again, those women, like, most of those women are doing a job. They're raising kids. So it just really annoys me when men, it's so easy to forget that like, oh no, this woman. And then he even later is like, oh, I didn't know you were supposed to wash your pillowcase. And it's like, yeah, that's what all the women who you think don't have jobs are doing in your life. Like they're washing your pillowcase, you know, like it's not well, not it's having funny. a job. It's also funny because that's where, right, right. He didn't connect that. He doesn't connect that. But it also, that is an example, though, of another one where I was like, what an old, like, like, 
go to any open mic in Brooklyn for the past 30 years, everyone's first set is like, the guy doesn't have sheets on his bed. Sheets and the bed and the guys is like, the it, that's like airplane food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never heard a guy say it, though. Right. But anything he says isn't universal truth. It's just his experience. Yeah, but to say women have all the power is a universal statement. Like, obviously, it's his opinion. Yeah, but opinion. it's his. That's what comedy is. If you If you were to set up a joke, like, for the most part, well, this like, is what I don't like about you know what I mean? it. Is like, how would you how would you deliver that punchline but set it up differently? Just like I, what I don't like about it is he's missing a huge chunk, which is the fact that he's going after these particular women, and it's it's the choices that he's making, and he's right. saying it as, and that's a big issue in any joke. Like that's a huge issue with joke writing, and I've done it myself. Everybody has. Like it's like instead of making, saying I keep dating, even just that simple like ownership of right. Like, I'm attracted to and like ignoring but, the yeah. fact that ugly women exist. Literally, they don't exist in this setup. And that's that not, is, yeah, that's not that good. Is mean. It's mean, inherently mean. Yeah, it's mean. And it's it's a blind spot. And you can't have a blind spot. Like when you're writing a joke, you have to obviously Chris Rock doesn't need joke writing lessons for me. But you don't know when you have a blind spot. You need someone else to tell you because it's a blind spot. You don't know. So like you, when you're writing a joke, if someone's like, like I, I had stuff when I was first starting out where I would do jokes and people about like not having a lot of money or whatever. And like more than one person was like, you can't do those jokes because you look like you have money. Like you just can't. Mm. And you, and even though I didn't, and I didn't grow up with like money with crazy money or anything, obviously I was like, fine, but I felt poor for my town, but like, that doesn't matter because I'm not poor in the grand scheme of things. So I can't do jokes about that. It doesn't work for me. You know, like, it's just not on the table for me unless I give a huge preamble of like, listen, here's what you need to know about the real estate values in my hometown, you know? So like, that's why those jokes didn't work for me. It was like, you're missing a huge chunk of this joke, which is that it's kind of your fault. <laughs> you well, know, I, The joke isn't women have all the power. It's beautiful women have all the power if you're going to make it that specific i would personally i don't care if it's offensive but like and for the ugly women like let's just give them like if you're going to make it beautiful like i would just take out beautiful i would either take out beautiful or i would have a an like a next bullet point that was like the ugly woman's role is (laughs) you know right like his problem is he gives he feels that he gives women all the power in his life so it's like, right. okay, let's look right. at the why joke, you... right. he could say, I do this instead of women, yeah. women, why it's do not you... women, anything it's I. Right. right. And yeah, why yeah. do you feel this way? Because actually it's not true because you're the one with a microphone in your hand. You're the one who's a multimillionaire. You're the one who's got pictures with Paul McCartney in the closing credits of your special. Like you haven't given women any power. He's giving his daughter's power for sure, which is great because that's what you should do. But it's just like, wait, you're not giving anyone any power. Like you're not giving women power. You're buying women things out of your own volition. You're deciding to to do this. So like, yeah, that's really true. There's a much funnier way to approach that. That would have worked a lot better. In my opinion, even though all the punchlines were really good, it was just that was what was nagging at me the whole time that I was watching that part of it, you know? Yeah, I did love, though, that because I also think the nature of like things be like I love the joke of um, it's much more likely that tonight after the show, I'm going to eat someone's ass than hold someone's hand. And so I think yeah. that's kind of also like, again, it's like maybe said without being said, but like, I think he's just sharing that the place that he's at is actually just like not that intimate. And so it's all very transactional. Yeah. But that made more sense as like something that he was just speaking for him because it wasn't coming off as if he was saying it universally. All I mean, women want me to eat their ass. 
Right. Exactly. It's just whenever men say shit like that, like women are the ones with power because we want to have sex with them. Like, guess what? If having sex with men gave you power, like we would all be in a very different place in the world. We would not be living in a patriarchy. Like it's just simply not true. Like right. men those, are so- those, those high, those desperate high school prostitutes wouldn't end up dead in ho- motels either. Just right. Forever. Like it's like women having sex with it's men. Not like, is like, yeah, yeah, I fucked another. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, sure. Like if you are able to cozy up to a rich, powerful man, like Chris Rock, your, your quality of life is going to go up, but he also could murder you because that's the person who is statistically most likely to murder you is the guy that you're like dating or married to, you know? I mean, so like, we don't, what is the, what power are we talking about here? Well, and also like speaking of like bachelor people admitting they're here for the wrong reasons, which are actually the only reasons to be there. It's like, if Chris Rock is dating people in general who aren't like, you know, Oprah, then like to not think that your responsibility as a man who is extremely wealthy, like overtly extremely wealthy and, and famous, successful celebrity, like it's not like women need shoes for me. It's like get her shoes. It's like if you're a really rich, famous person and you're not dating other really rich, famous people, then the likelihood that somebody might want your support is totally natural. Like, you right. know what I mean? It's like if if you don't want to date women who need you to fix the, why are you going to dive bars to meet women? Like if you if you wanted somebody who was really on your level and didn't a fifty something that didn't need help paying for the roof, you know, Angela Bazet is doing a thing. Right. Like you should have stayed with Rosario <laughs> Dawson. What's the line? Angela, Angela Bassett, Bassett did, the, did thing. the thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but you I, should have stayed with Rosario. Right. Like find someone that matches you. Right. And like, did you really think that when you paid for that woman to get her roof done, that she was in more of a powerful position than you in that moment? No, she was in a position of begging for her roof to be fixed. Like, that's humiliating. It's not powerful. Like, and you get something from you. Right. And like, you could have said no, you could have been like, no, this is kind of weird, which is fine. Like, if you want to be like, wait, what? Like, we've just hooked up a few times and now you want me to buy you a new roof? Like, this is a weird, this is crossing a boundary for me. You don't have to do it. It's actually what he's choosing to do. Yeah, exactly. So that's That's, why that's his type. So yeah, but he does sort of address like my kids are rich, but I didn't grow up rich. And so I still don't identify as someone who's rich. So I do think his point of view. Yeah, you're right, though. I think the blind spot is that he's a rich, successful celebrity who is choosing to date whoever he wants, even when married. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, but I I, loved that. What'd you think of the Kardashian chunk? I love it. Oh my God. It was so funny. I really Excellent. Now that is good joke writing, unique premise. The thing is, it's it's really hard to come up with a fresh premise about the Kardashians, especially one that circles back to Robert Kardashian and OJ. So like being able to come up with something new about that is and execute it after they've already been famous for like 20 years was uh yeah truly impressive impressive yeah 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 that's amazing yeah he he really that thing right he he takes very basic stuff and then see yeah he's a great comedian I liked his comedy I think it was really funny I know Um, I love him so much I I don't want anyone to think I don't like him because of what I'm saying about that one chunk no you love him you want him to date women that he actually might make him happy yeah I want I want him to go to therapy for this I want to know why he's got he's kind of coming from like I guess it makes sense he's coming from like a scarcity mindset of the money but then he keeps giving it away to people for for no real reason so it's kind of like that's interesting like you're kind of like this sort of Robin Hood figure 
helping these women that, that you have sex with, and then you resent them for it. And you think that they forced you to do it because of their beauty. So like, what's going on? Sounds like an issue. That's well, when we let's, I don't know, I can't provide him therapy, but I certainly can take a look at his chart in a minute. But I also loved the, where it was, but again, though, what these are like airplane, the basic premises, women versus men. It's like, he is like old school stand-up comedian, like Meryl Streep's back. And she's in a Nancy Myers. Um, the Burger King analogy, when he was talking about women versus men, Beyonce's also just objectively, like it's not her talent, like she's objectively just gorgeous. If she worked at Burger King. He said if she worked at Burger King, she could still marry Jay-Z. And if Jay-Z worked at Burger King, which to which I would say, I don't know if that's true because Jay-Z picked someone who was clearly incredibly talented to be in a power couple with them. I think Chris Rock would have married her if she worked at Burger King. But again, he's letting his own personal feelings about female beauty kind of cloud what the premise is because like Jay-Z could have married anyone. No, but I think he was just talking about how women pick up men versus how men pick up women. A man would fall in love with someone so beneath quote unquote beneath him for beauty. Whereas a woman would never think of someone working at the Burger King as a catch. But both are equally shallow. Well, of course, it's it's a comedy show, but it's comedy. comedy I know, but I just, it's a, it's like an old sexist trope. Well, but that's sort of what I mean, right? A lot of the setups were also, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's a hack or I liked it too. And I liked the special, but in that same vein, right. That I just, the joke writing, if you're going to do that, I thought was good, but yeah, right. The premise in, right. That's what I'm saying. Men versus women is also just like, whoa, like, like, you know, Jay-Z could have married Khalees and he decided not to. He could have married anybody. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to take this person who I think is groom this 17 year old. Yeah. I'm going to groom this incredibly talented 17 year old who will we will be the biggest money making couple in hip hop. Like that was his choice. So like, I don't know. That's why the like the joke is really funny when you hear it. But then like knowing like actually he's kind of knocking Beyonce, even though he's like, I'm not knocking Beyonce. It's like he kind of is. Yeah. And he's not like pick a different couple. Right. Like he is speaking for Jay-Z in a way that I don't think Jay-Z. Maybe, oh my God. What if, it. what if he gets slapped for that? I know. Well, that was with his other tag on it was I don't need to piss off another rapper or whatever. Right. That was his through line. He did it a few times. Like yeah. there was one of the, yeah. But also like you could also kind of make a comeback joke of like, well, Jay-Z is, does not exactly look like Michael B. Jordan. Right. So like, you know, he, and why is he, marrying someone who's so out of his league looks wise like doesn't that make him the shallow one like and why right. are we implying that Beyonce is the shallow one because if he worked at Burger right. King she wouldn't marry him why does it only go one way do you know what I mean like yeah 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 that's what he that's what I hate whenever people make jokes like that where it's like well hot women could do whatever they want and like and it's like well yes yeah, so can rich men those are the two categories of people who the rules don't apply to hot women and rich men and rich women, but to a different extent and hot men to a different extent. Like the, the real two most powerful people in society are hot women and rich men. And like, that's where he loses me is kind of like completely losing his side of the equation where he has agency in his dating choices and he's extremely fucking rich. And so is Jay-Z and they're both dating women who are physically out of their league nonstop because of their talent and skill and their place in the world so it's like okay are we gonna sit and decide like who's more shallow why don't we all just agree that like attraction is very complex and it has more to do with what's on the inside like no one in these couples is like you know what 
Like, I'm just going to date neither person, neither Jay-Z nor Beyonce is like, I'm just going to date a really ugly broke person. Neither one of them. They're both making a transaction and saying, you know what, this is the best mate for me who I'm very attracted to and who can also help me have the best life possible. And same with Chris Rock and all the people he dates. He's not like, oh, let me give you an IQ test before I date. Because he doesn't give a fuck. I mean, astrology, astrology lesson. In fact, we make it a bad thing. You might be forgetting because you're off the memes now, but there's a, there's a little meme that goes around. That's like talking about like love is not transactional. It's like, yes, it is all every relate, maybe love as the, as the frequency is not transactional, but relationships are transactional inherently in every single one. You, you're like with everything, everything is a transaction. You give something, you get something. That's it. Yeah. If someone's making your life worse then you don't need to be friends with them or date them. Like it's not, it's, we're not doing charity here. So I think like- But there, is, Rock- a, but there is a transaction going on, which is that you're overgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, what about the Will Smith part? He, he addresses the Will Smith slap. I thought it was very petty, very funny to actually have the big wrap around punchline be that Jada started it. <laughs> I know. I actually found- um, oh, that was very funny. Some of his old jokes about Jada are so fucking funny. So, okay, the the whole backstory is that before the entanglement with August Alsina even happened during, what was it, the 2016 Oscars? Remember the Oscars so white? 2015 sports drama concussion, which was the 2016 Oscars. Oscars so white that year. I think it was the year that all of the acting nominees were white. Yes. And Jada Pinkett Smith called for... um, Chris Rock and other black celebrities to boycott the Oscars because there weren't enough black nominees. But the subtext was because Will Smith didn't get nominated for the movie that he did, which was called Concussion and which I don't really think made that much of an impact in Hollywood. So he said a lot of jokes about it. Um, He said in 2016, it's not fair that Will was this good and didn't get nominated. You're right. It's also not fair that Will was paid $20 million for Wild Wild West, okay? Which is so mm, funny. I mean, so that's funny. A- so funny. And if I was writing for him, I would say, like, somewhere along the lines, it's also not fair for Will to get cheated on by his wife. Well, yeah. So that comes later, though. It hadn't happened yet in 2016. Right. But the. Oh, like, right, right, oh, right. Those are the old jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those yeah, are this is a perfect yeah, Wild example. Wild West being, being a cash cow is hilarious. Yeah. This is a perfect example of like what Jada said had a huge blind spot, which is yes. you and your husband are two of the most privileged, lucky, rich as fuck people on this planet who get worshipped by pretty much everyone you speak to on a day to day basis. Yes, the Oscars are racist and also you got paid $20 million for wild, wild west. Like you, you need, like, it's just kind of this thing of like, check yourself. He's he's pointing, see yourself. Yeah. He's pointing out a blind spot. So another one he said, um, which was really funny. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. So, so, okay. That was kind of the, and he's made fun of the Smiths always for years because the Smiths are kind of high on their own supply. They're like ego monsters as enjoyable as they are. They're beautiful. They have a like really entertaining family. I love watching red table talk, but like they're both a little bit, you know, narcissistic. And they may be Scientologists. Yeah, they were Scientologists. So it's like, come on, we can make fun of you a little bit. But so then um, after the 2016 Oscars when he got a couple pops in at Jada specifically. Um, 
this thing happened where there were rumors that Jada was hooking up with their son, Jaden's friend, August Alsina. Um, and he decided to pull a Sheena Marie and go on TV and talk about it and expose the affair. So then the Smiths to Chris Rock's point, instead of doing kind of the dignified thing and just not wading into this, they decided to like kind of monetize it and turn it into content, which is where they've also become sort of social media content monsters. Like Will Smith has a whole YouTube channel where he acts like a YouTuber and you're just kind of like, what? Bro, what are you doing? Like he he just says, he posts on YouTube and it's like, what are you doing? And I guess, I guess it's just one of those things where, you know, there's new meat, new platforms and you're trying to, you know, if you're a star who really got their come up in the end of the 20th century, beginning of the 21st, like you don't want to lose touch and you want to stay on the new platforms, but Will and Jada, you could argue that they're debasing themselves on these new platforms a little bit because they're not a new platform. Well, it is compared to like film, you know, but it's like, they're like, why are you doing stuff like a YouTuber? It's like the, it's beneath you. So like they did the red table talk where she interviews him about how it made him feel that she hooked up with Jaden's friend. So that is so like, I don't know. It it is. And Chris Rock's whole point was like, you guys are just this is so beneath you what why did you do that like it's not my fault that you look like fools you kind of did it all yourself so then the 2022 oscars happen and um they he says the gi jane thing which was really just sort of a really lame off the cuff thing and that was when will smith gets up and smacks him in the face so yeah that's the whole story and i guess his point in this was I mean he made a couple points one of them was it was lame of Will to attack him because Will is so much bigger than him which is really true and really funny so funny that that he ended on like why would he punch down I thought that was great yeah and then he also was like basically saying like you should be mad at your wife because the like no joke that I can make about you or your family is as humiliating as the fact that she cheated on you with your son's friend, which also is strong words coming from someone who very publicly admitted to cheating on his wife, I have to say, but mm. still like, I mean, yeah, he kind of just was like pointing out and in the aftermath of the slap, I think that was kind of the chatter on social media, which was like, well, Jada is controlling Jada. Like people were, people were finding these really small clips because another thing that they shouldn't have ever done this Smith shouldn't have ever started posting, like I said, as if they were influencers on TikTok and Instagram stories and stuff. Like there are all these little, little clips that people were finding where it's like body language buddies type material where you're like, oh, look, you can see the tension in their marriage in this one and and things like that. (laughs) And it's just like, I don't know. He Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Like, so it was, it was interesting. I think he's right that Will was feeling humiliated in a way. And he thought that like, if he stood up for his wife, it would make everyone stop treating him like he had been cuckolded by his wife. And he just got twisted and turned up and it turned around in his head and it just wasn't, it didn't work. But I mean, well, that's why you do have to just like journal because that's when things come out sideways and you end up getting in a fight with like the, the toll operator or something. Yeah. And it also is a little annoying. The narrative that did emerge that Jada is this highly manipulative narcissist who uh, is controlling him from behind the scenes because like that also, I don't think it's, it was like a very Meghan Markle style character assassination and Amber Heard style character assassination taking place on social media where people are just like, look at her face in this. You can tell from the facial expression she makes in this clip that she's a sociopath, you know, kind of thing. And like, that was annoying too, because it's like, she didn't make him go up there and slap him. He did it on his own. Well, it's like, I understand it just really is like when it comes down to it, if you don't address things with the people that you have problems with, you're going to create problems with a bunch of people that you actually don't have problems with. And now you got a lot of problems. It's like, it's like, I totally get where Will Smith psychologically could have, would have, should have snapped. He just did it at the wrong time in the wrong place. And I do not think under any circumstance, Jada was like, it's go time. If he says anything, you know, like get up there, like no chance. Well, I think they probably had conversations about how they were so sick of him making jokes at their expense. Because I I would, yeah, that, that is, I think. But there was no call to action. Like she wasn't. Yeah. That was my point. Right. Like, like, of course they were. And also like. I don't know, like, even for me, you know, sometimes you just, like, love to, like, keep a narrative of an enemy going in your head. Like, yeah. every once in a while, it's like, oh, but them or those people. And it's like, I don't even have feelings about it anymore. But, like, there's just, because I don't actually care. But it's like, they, even, like, my parents, I see what my parents do. Like, sometimes there are people that, like, oh, we won't reach out to them because of the thing that happened six years ago. And it's like, okay. Like, I don't know. I think sometimes couples especially bond on not liking or like having a problem with some narrative about someone else. So I feel like they made Chris Rock that when he leaned into the Oscars, so white shenanigans instead of boycotting or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, the only reason that the hair joke was, it was insensitive because she actually had just been diagnosed with alopecia. The GI Jane joke. The, the thing that was so funny about the fact that that was the joke that got him slapped is that it was such a lame kind of what like. What was the nine- joke again? He was like, oh, Jada's here. Uh, did you get cast in the sequel to G.I. Jane or something? Oh, that's right, bald. that's right. You know, the narrative that emerged afterward was like, he's attacking someone with a with a health condition of alopecia. Right. And I mean, I think there's different, I think alopecia maybe falls along a spectrum because when you think of like real serious alopecia, it's people who don't have eyelashes or eyebrows and they have literally like, almost no hair on their head. Whereas I think Jada, yes, she like not trying to minimize how she was probably feeling about having some, some hair loss that was going on because of just, you know, years of styling your hair, being in Hollywood and having to 
do crazy shit to your hair all the time. Like she probably was losing some hair, but because of this content machine that she had opted into through red table talk, through them, both having YouTube channels Mm -hmm. through posting clips of their lives on Instagram stories, kind of leaving acting behind and going into this influencer content life. Like you kind of have to, you have to kind of monetize everything that's going on in your life. So I do like, part of me wonders if the alopecia thing would have even become a talking point if it wasn't something that she was already had already been turning into content for social media because she was having to feed that beast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Well, like, like, right. The reality is almost like reality TV in a way. It's like the story, you, your, your narrative is the drama. So that's yeah. sort of convenient. And she was just coming off a really sus entanglement with a child friend of her child. Right. And, and we've seen this, we've seen this playbook I mean, in Hollywood increasingly over the past 10 years that like, when you go through a scandal, you come out the other side with a health issue or a diet. Literally Chris did that joke. That was Chris's joke. Here are the four ways you get attention online. And the last one was be a victim. Yeah. So like, I think after Will Smith did something that was not okay, that was fucked up, that he went up on stage and slapped him. It was like, kind of, oh, what do we do? How do we excuse this? Well, one way is to talk about this health diagnosis that Jada conveniently just opened right. up on Instagram about, you know? Right. So like, yep. I'm not saying it was, I'm not saying she do- doesn't have alopecia. I'm not saying that it's not hurtful to her and upsetting and really jarring to go through, but I'm also saying, I know how PR works and they have right. some of the best publicists in the game. And like, that was definitely a perfect pivot for them to be like, no, no, no. The story is not violence at an award show. The story is a man talking down to a woman about a health issue that's affecting her appearance. And it just made makes and making it so- fun of her for it, bullying her for it. Yeah. Which I mean, he didn't know she had alopecia and it was just a hack throwaway joke about a multimillionaire, you know, like this, it's just and at, so, at the time, I actually thought that he did know about the alopecia, but I guess I remember I, that was the that's the big switch for me. Intention means so much to me. It's like if you know she has alopecia, even if it is like a wah, wah, Lyme disease sort of proclamation to make about what you're going through on your red table talk. It still is sensitive. Whereas if you really didn't know, then there's really nothing to be offended. Yeah, I don't think he knew. I didn't know. I think only the only people that knew would be people that are like huge data followers. I'm I'm joining around the table. I hate to admit it, but sometimes I join the table. Yeah, it's a great show. She's really good at this job. Yeah. yeah, But that is her job now. She's no longer a, she's no longer working as a Hollywood actress. That is not her vocation any longer. She is a... Facebook TV or yeah, she's fully bought into this kind of new model of celebrity, which is monetizing literally anything you can talk about that you're going through. Like, like you literally find a fucked up mole on your back and you're like, Oh good. Three weeks of content off this, you know, like, right? <laughs> like good, something to talk about. It's like reality TV. It's like you, you having to constantly feed the beast because yep. you're living a life and life is mundane and nothing interesting really happens on a day-to-day basis. So like, if you're trying to turn your life into content, you have to start storyboarding your health issues and your like petty fights like you have to start blowing fights out of proportion and like like the oscar so white thing like not that that was blown out of proportion but just i don't know she 
decided to like, I, I understand why for the Smiths, it was so frustrating for him not to be nominated for an Oscar, but like, they've just kind of turned that into content instead of going back to the drawing board and being like, look, we're some of the luckiest people on the planet. We get to be creative for a living. We live in fucking mansions. Our kids are starting their careers. Like let's find a better movie next time. And instead it was like, no, we're going to start a campaign because that, that turns it into more content for our family, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it also goes to show where at the, at the end of the day, no offense to anyone that's a Scientologist, but if they are Scientologists, it's just like, that's where there's just a little bit of a, like, it's like, oh yeah, like they do, bad taste isn't what I mean, but it's like, they're not good, they're not good critical thinkers. Not reading the room. They're not reading the room. I mean, at the end of the day, this is the difference between a comedic actor and a stand-up comedian. Like, Will Smith, as fabulous as his career and impressive as his career has been, and how funny he can do Wild Wild West. He was so great, Men in Black. Iconic. He's the best. Love him. You could watch him watch paint dry. He's amazing. Right. He is not a stand-up comedian. He's never done stand-up comedy. So he's not really reading rooms. He also is in his own little bubble, and especially he's a Scientologist. He's in this this celebratoria, like, you, you know, uh, L. Ron Hubbard bubble so he's sort of social I bet socially he's a little weird you know I don't know I think that makes sense to me that he has because I think he the thing I like about Will Smith is I, I think he's really sincere like he yeah. comes across to me as like a, a genuinely earnest person and I think we did see a genuine a genuine a genuinely real emotional snap like break yeah, yeah like, like he, that was a psychotic his, break hit his breaking point yeah, yeah. For, and I think it does have to do with the affair and it has to do with like just kind of feeling publicly humiliated and not knowing what to do because right. he is so isolated and he's so driven he's so driven to Who accomplish his guy friend I mean, exactly that's what I was thinking like I don't think he really had a friend around to be like um bro this is insane that your wife wants to interview you on her Facebook show about cheating on you. Like you don't have to do this. You're fucking Will Smith. Like, because well, that I is get insane. where he wouldn't want to, I get where he wouldn't want to have a friend around because it's also like my wife. Right. It's like this house of, with you too. Right. And it's like this house of cards will come tumbling down the minute anyone questions the, the, foundation of his relationship because he's I think, really pay, he's he's really walked himself into a corner yeah yeah and that's why it is kind of I get why it's tempting for people to kind of lay all the blame on Jada because she's so like Will made those choices yeah he did and we don't know what goes on in their relationship like we have no idea we have literally no yeah idea. right and yeah I mean I don't know I just feel like but I loved, I thought that Chris Rock did a great, I love that he used it. This is how we work with the, the, the message, the material, right? So number one, the fact that he waited a year, like to, to, it gave him something to do to prepare for. This is so cool to do it right before the Oscars. It makes it so buzzy, so smart. Yeah. It gave him a year to think about it and work on those jokes, but then didn't make it longer than that because in, after a year, this would be like no longer interesting to talk about. So perfect 
like great execution just in terms of timing across the board. The irony that Concussion is the movie that we're talking about. So funny. It's like, that is where sometimes, like I want to say to you, like there is no rush to do anything faster or who knew that the actual outcome of Jada getting mad at Chris for not supporting Concussion ended up with Chris getting publicly hit by the guy who started Concussion. I know. And it's also- Like, it's also like it, it it almost took me a, you can't yeah it, it. it took me a minute to even know what he was talking about because concussion was just so irrelevant that and was my like, next point i was gonna say concussion would have never been nominated for an oscar in a million years no i happened to see it because i come from a, a college sports family and my father thought it was important for us to see because he wants you know for helmet wear a helmet now that we're biking or whatever in the city but like mm. it was not only, I mean, actually, I will say this. It was a very effective movie because I have never thought about football or like it, 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 it illuminates. It's like after seeing concussion, I was literally like, I'm going to start a campaign to end the NFL. Like I was like, football is like the most abusive thing to sign your kid up for in the world. Cause like every whole thing about concussions is like every, every uh, retired football player, like they're the shelf life of a football player, not even just like for the career if you don't become a broadcaster it's like your brain years later yeah 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 we yeah yeah it's a concussion anyway blah blah yeah i'm explaining i'm I'm not i'm not a doctor but anyway the point is that that movie nobody saw it was a box office flop will had a good performance but it's almost like jada wasn't even mad about like jada i think may have thought at that time that this would be because the academy is ultimately just like their peers and people vote you know it's like there's a jury of an academy it might have been that might have been her like instead of taking a one pager out in the vanity fair or a one pager out in variety she's like let's start a viral campaign for being mad that it's not will and everyone's like and then people will see the movie and then we'll actually be included and it's like you didn't get included no one saw the movie and now you became the ultimate punchline yeah like it was it was clearly a pretty self-serving campaign, especially because the Oscar so white campaign was effective overall. And until the slap and the whole backstory came out, I didn't even remember Jada as being part of it. You know, like I just, cause it wasn't, it is an outrage that only white actors were nominated that year. It was absurd. But concussion wouldn't have been the the black film that we put. it, It just, it simply wasn't Oscar worthy. It was like grist for the content mill. It was like, it literally, we always do a Harold. It just goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. Like once you start feeding this content beast of like, okay, I'm an internet star now. You just can't stop because you'll fall off the face of the earth and you can't separate it from yourself. It has to be intensely personal. So you start really like wallowing in these personal things and being like, yeah, my husband does deserve an Oscar for this movie. And it's like, you know what? No one agrees. And also like he has years ahead of him jada like if she didn't i mean actually he's gonna win he's gonna win next time he's gonna win give him a few years king richard yeah. is he was he, he like, won yeah he won he won relax he won. that's what i'm saying everybody relax we don't have to push anything forward faster or else we will become the punchline in our own public narrative mm, okay. why can't i why can't i get anyone to buy me shoes that's not true now i can but that's because i'm married and but it yeah but you're married finances well but first of all good job you did you won number two (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> what do you um, mean? That's not what like, I meant. I think that's the point of Chris Rock's joke, though. That, like, women do... I am dying to marry wealthy, you know? I mean, I, I wouldn't marry for money, but I totally get... I am willing to receive... Um, now I, I, I don't need to be wealthy in order for me to deserve to be taken care of as somebody's wife. I mean, I, yeah. I'm saying it in different words, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, I actually do think that like, like women wanting to be provided for is natural and something that men should be happy and willing to do. And this does not mean that we don't provide for each other in any way you want. And it could be financial too. I don't care if you're, who's the breadwinner. Right. I'm just saying that to provide for each other, that's when we're talking about transactional relationships. No, but everyone is providing something. Right. It, it, everything is an energy exchange. And of course, men have to kind of bear the brunt sometimes a little bit more financially, because when you have a baby, it takes you out of commission for like two years. Right. And it's also just the essence of, it's the nature of the masculine energy which is to go out and do something. It's to go, it, okay, we're not hunting and gathering. So what we're doing is going out and we're and developing and building and, you know, and women are meant to receive the fruits of that labor. Now we all have an inner masculine and feminine and we all need to become whole and, and you know, uh, square it up, you know, and become successful. Yeah, because some women aren't going to be interested in that and some men aren't going right. to be interested and in that. And that's why fine. I there's, tell- There's a gamut. We run the gamut. Like, it's like- yeah. There's no right or wrong, but I think that that is the point though that he's making, which is just that like women using support. He's yeah, but he's putting right, right. So okay, let's do the uh, astrology of Chris Rock and this current moment. Why is he so susceptible to buying twenty-five-year-old shoes? Why can't he just be like, no, buy your own shoes? Do you want to guess Sun Moon Rising or no? I don't think I have it in me. Okay, I'm just gonna show. I, I really don't know. I mean, okay, yeah, let me try. He's got a. I mean, I think he's got a few blind spots about who he is as a person and how he functions in his relationships. And that to me is always a little bit Pisces. So I think he's got to have some Pisces in there somewhere, maybe a Pisces moon. I don't know. And then he's extremely hardworking, worked his way up Capricorn. Maybe. And then maybe he's got. Thanks, babe. Um, Oh my God. I can't remember what the signs are. I don't know. I Libra. Just cause you're having such a hard time. I want to know what makes you say Libra. <laughs> because I think his comedy is a lot about balancing and equivocating and saying, here's one side, here's another side and putting it together. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Good thinking. I just, yeah. I love to get inside Lamal's brain when I can. <laughs> Let's do the big reveal. Chris Rock is an Aquarius sun. Oh. Aries moon in the first house and an Aries rising. I was going to say Aries. Well, I want to say a few of the things that you mentioned, though, are like, it's so funny. I wrote down before that we had to talk about blind spots because not only is it Pisces season, but we currently have Mercury in Pisces and Neptune in Pisces and Saturn on the seventh just moved into Pisces. Welcome everybody. Casey, you're free. All the Saturn in Aquarians, you did it. You had your Saturn return, but now your life really begins. And so for the first 30 years of your life, you're in your 
like building phase right now. What's fascinating about this moment for Chris Rock is that he released the special on March 4th, just days before Saturn moved into Pisces, which is his, he has a Saturn in Pisces. So what we're seeing, we all talk about the Saturn return. Chris Rock has now officially just begun his second Saturn return. Okay. So he's going to learn the lessons in this time. Well, so it's different the second time. The second time, it's a culmination of what you built. And and it almost the second after the second Saturn return, it's actually like a freeing from the karma. So like the first 30 years of your life, you're remembering your karma. The second 30 years of your life, you're hopefully breaking that karma. And then the third 30 years of your life are for now living in the expression it's like whether it's retirement or second career or like, I think this is actually going to, I love that, that Saturn, the end of the Saturn in Aquarius transit ended with a, and you know, he's a sun and Mercury and Venus in Aquarius. So Saturn's been in Aquarius, throwing him hard lessons and challenges and blocks and restrictions around his love life, around his, his words and the safety of his person around uh, Sari's parenting and around what people think of him and who he is and what happened to him in 11th house public. And then he has his also, well, all of that is in the Aquarius house, the 11th house. He also has his Saturn in the 11th Aquarius house, but it's in Pisces. So what's so remarkable about this is like the last three years, Saturn has been giving him all of these challenges and it's been public in the 11th house. And now that's what Saturn does. It gives you the rewards if you actually face the hard things and you have to go through these difficult experiences to get the lessons, but then when you come out of them, you come out with the first ever live to Netflix comedy special and all of that hard shit that he went through when Saturn was moving over his voice and his heart and his ego and his safety all had to happen. And the culmination right before Saturn moves into Pisces, giving him a second Saturn return I almost feel like in some way, this is a, like, I don't think it's like his best comedy special ever, but I think it was great. And I think it's, it's cool because it is, it's almost, I mean, Pete Davidson did it a little bit, but it's like, it's almost this blend of like the, not that Chris Rock is a social media star at all, but it's like, he's such a big celebrity that, and and the Oscars thing happened so publicly with the public conversation. Yes. Yes. Like this is the, the, the Hulu Kardashian show of stand-up comedy specials because he's responding to the stuff that we know about already, but yet it's a miraculous um, example of how Saturn works, but why does he have blind spots in the 11th house public things? He says, you know, in the material he's presenting to the world because his Saturn is in the 11th house in Pisces, giving him a blind spot around what his actual responsibilities are, how he's actually appearing to the world. He has so much Aquarius in his chart that he's just like, and I don't really care. (laughs) He doesn't. Yeah. And so when he comes across as insensitive, number one, it's because he is. And number two, it's because he, Saturn in Pisces, there is a questioning, there's a dissolution of boundaries. So he has tons of his legacy is Capricorn and he has a lot of Capricorn Aquarius energy in his chart, but his Saturn's in Pisces. So it's almost like I appear to be, and I build a career being the daddy and being this like reliable 
I mean, Chris Rock is a reliable comic. Like he is good and he does what he does. But when it comes down to it, he struggles with Saturn. Like he he is here in some way to dissolve the boundaries. I mean, even this special in an interesting way is a is a dissolving of the boundary of the difference between live and pre-taped specials. But that's what he's here to do. He's here to and even with a marriage, 11th house, fifth house is like, you know, fourth, fifth, tenth, and eleventh house are family axis. These are family parent-child relationships and Saturn in the 11th house as a parent he actually got a little bit confused it got messy with what the actual rules were about when you get married and have kids you don't fucking fucking fuck Rosario Dawson you're two public figures and you're married and you have kids like you forgot the rules (laughs) the fuck what's also interesting is the day that he released the special the sun was conjunct his Chiron in Pisces in the Pisces house so when you're talking about a spotlight on what I I think it's so interesting that you're a Pisces rising Pisces north node and that what you noticed was his blind spot because actually the solar energy what we were all seeing on that day was very literally his unconscious there's a wound is there's an unconscious wound in his in the unconscious part of his chart in the unconscious sign in the area of well, it's actually what's really fucking interesting is sometimes the 12th house in Pisces can also represent like hidden enemies or kind of like random attacks out of nowhere. Like Chris, like Will Smith hitting him at the Oscars is a great, is also a great example of this Chiron in Pisces in the Pisces house being activated. But I think this was the healing of, I think that was the trigger moment. This was the healing of that. The sun is shining a light on his unconscious um, wound and the things that happened when he wasn't even aware that he was supposed to be afraid. But then even with all the healing that he's done, this surrender to the storyline and then trying something different with it, great work, healing. Mm -hmm. He also still can't help but to expose what even to him doesn't seem like a blind spot, which is all women are using me. He doesn't like he has a wound in the 12th house that is so unconscious that to make it conscious almost would be like, like, it's still not going to be conscious. In it's like yeah. the public has to actually, I hope he listens. And I hope he's like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Thanks mom. The thing that's really funny is like, he's talking about women have all the power and he's consistently based on his telling going after women with less power than him. Well, like- and that's really interesting that you say that because if you look, he's a, Aries rising with his moon and Aries in the first house. Aries is power. It's, it's like the first degree of like primal power. It is birth, right? But on this day, there was a huge, so it's Pisces season on his wound in the unconscious. There was a huge buildup of energy on March 4th. We had Jupiter, the expander, conjunct Chiron, the wound in the sky, conjunct Venus, the goddess and how we attract and how we love all in Aries, the warrior, but all in his, still in his 12th house. So that thing that you're describing, this blind spot about how he actually isn't really saying what's true. Like it, the special came out before any planet changed or or, or changed our relationship with his relationship with the world, right? There was pre-special and then there's post-special. 
His moon is in Aries in the first house. His son is in Aquarius in the 11th house. I actually don't think that he even thinks for one second women have any power. Yeah. (laughs) So it took me a long time to say that, but I think that like what we're seeing is, you're right, like we're seeing this blind spot, not only of his and what he's saying, but of his like whole personality, like everything about his life, his whole special, he thinks that he's saying one thing about how like relationships are hard and men and women. And what he's actually saying is, I'm a fucking comedian and I don't follow the rules. And ultimately I can't afford to buy everybody a roof. My kids in, my kids in, in France and um, Will Smith hit me and I'm still better for, it. I, I thought it was sort of a the whole thing was sort of a flex, which is exactly what he wanted it to be. Yeah. But when yeah he gets yeah. to play the role of, he wants to play the role of daddy, but really he is. His North node Actually, it's funny too. Mars on that day was conjunct his North Node. So he's doing the work of, wow, comedy special in the third house, bringing South Node, the global event to North Node in Gemini in your third house to your local living room and connecting with all of the people in this way instead of what would usually just be reserved for a comedy event. But in general, North Node in the third house, he always is going to be tempted to go out and keep having adventures. That's where he gets ninth house and, and Jupiter materials. He goes and gets material out there. So mm-hmm. for him being, why does he, why didn't, why did he cheat on his wife? Because for him being loyal only gets you so far in terms of material. And he would rather use this Saturn to make a mess. And then I still have me to now process this through. And when I talk about money, I expand my money. He has Jupiter in Taurus in the first house on this day. Uranus was on his Jupiter in Taurus in the first house. So I think this could I think whatever happens after the, I, I, here's what I think. I think something was triggered by him doing this special that we don't know about yet. That is going to be leading him into a different, you know, Kim K is going VC now, I guess. Like, I don't know, this could trigger some kind of a financial rebirth for him you know because at the end of the day whatever he's whether he's complaining about it or not I think he does say that he he does feel like he's giving a huge amount of money to a lot of women and to a lot of people and that he has a lot of money but I think yeah I think he's in for a huge money change that was triggered on this event that like I don't think he's going to retire he shouldn't but I do think it will I don't know it would be interesting to see what he does I think there's a big change coming for him in the area of his career in the area of how we how we see him how we know him triggered by this I mean even if like you know I don't know I don't I don't even want to get into it you know we it's not that important but like yeah I think for him talking about himself in terms of money and talking about men versus women Gemini North Node in the third house talking about this verse that being married for a while, then being single again, this woman, that woman is, is kind of what he's here to do and talk about it. And I think on an emotional level, he's just not that he's cold. You know, I think he needs to get in touch with his divine feminine side because he seems very uncomfortable expressing what he, what he sees as the masculine. Well, he's, and it's interesting because he, he doesn't Chiron... like providing. He doesn't like providing. He resents the people that he's providing for. Yeah, so that's I think really he, interesting. He needs to 
take a little look at that. Stop providing for so many people. Provide for your daughters and your ex-wife who you're legally obligated to provide for. And maybe just take a break for a little bit and say, you know what? I'm not buying gifts for anyone for the next year. That's really interesting. Number one, because he doesn't have much water in his chart at all. He has his Saturn visibly in the 11th house in Pisces, but then his wound is in Pisces in the unconscious. So he is wounded around the divine feminine. And then his Mars is in Virgo, which is a feminine sign. Like his, his chart is squarely heavily masculine energy, but his Mars, his workhorse in Virgo in the sixth house doing that daily grind actually feels like a, like a martyr, like, or feels a little bit like, like, you know, the Virgo energy of like, I guess I'll do all the jokes wife. And it's like, yeah, she's not supposed to do the jokes. You're supposed to do the jokes. Yeah. Like, you desi- you signed up to do the jokes and have a right. wife who doesn't do the jokes. So like right, you should have signed job. up for a wife with jokes if that's what you wanted. Here's what's really kind of fun about this though. Check it out. His legacy in Capricorn is conjunct his Lilith, which is conjunct his Juno. So I think a Juno Lilith conjunction in a man's chart in Capricorn is kind of interesting because it would indicate that you actually are partnered with uh, the women who feel fucking wronged, abandoned, you know, uh, scorned. You should pay your wife half. That's what, that's the healing between Juno and Lilith in a chart in Capricorn. It's actually like you were my first wife and you will get alimony. Yeah. So that's in his chart big time. Um, But yeah, I think you're totally right. Like, I think he is this big larger than life figure who is that daddy and like can do all the things and take care of all the people but he doesn't really want to that's saturn in the 11th house he's like wait i have to be responsible for a lot of people i'd rather just fuzz out and brown out and have a little boundary issue here because at the end of the day whatever happens i will come out aries rising moon and aries my first house with a story that i can take and start a new thing with and do a new special but i do think this is going to be the start of It'll be maybe he'll maybe he's going to partner with Jay Z. I don't know. I could see it some some Chris Rock venture coming out of this that is uh, unexpected. Yeah, cool. That would be great. I hope that's what he does in his Saturn return. I love him so much. I really he is like my inspiration. Him and Joan Rivers are my uh, comedy Mount Rushmore. So I love that for you. Wow, that really is. I feel like you're doing a good job. Me. Yeah, I feel like that that is like those two styles sort of, you know, like, yeah, I think I think I'm just saying you're on the path, you're the, you know, Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're turning a little bit of red, a little bit of blue, you're a purple, you will be. Um, <laughs> I just love him. I, I love him too. Yeah, I love him. I, and I trust him. I think that's the thing, even though he cheated on his wife, I trust him. And I love him. And I know he, he's, I don't think he's an emotionally deep person, but I don't think he doesn't care. I think he yeah. just cares about the bigger picture the broader story. And like, the thing is any man in his fifties, I guess he's in his fifties, right? Any man in mm-hmm. his 50s, Saturn return happens when you're 58 and a half. Yeah. So second and Saturn return. So yeah. There's no man in his fifties on this earth. Who's going to have the perspective on women that I probably wish he would. So like me, right. me pointing out this blind spot is not a criticism. It's like, no, of course. It's just a reflection. Has, yeah. It's like. Of course. And there's no one, like I said, I love Camille Paglia. I disagree with like more than half of what she says. Like, I think it's really good and healthy to have to respect people that you disagree with. So just to say that I'm not 
ever criticizing him. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And actually, some, one thing I just wanted to say to round us out. In the jokes when we were talking about, you know, so sue me, I date young women. The big punchline was like, I didn't make all this money to fuck Anita Baker, which is a great punchline just because of the Anita Baker. Funny, funny. Very good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he's like, I'm trying to fuck Doja Cat. My question to you as a journalist and for the stars, could you see Doja? I I would love for that to be an actual pickup line. And I would love to see Doja and Chris. What do we think? (sighs) I don't think she would be into it. I don't think she'd be into it. She's so of this moment and she's she so, so is of this. Yeah, she is. She is. Like she like if he said one thing that rubbed her the wrong way, she'd be like, ew, he's an old man. You know, like I think mm. that would be she would get the ick really quickly from an yeah, older yeah. guy. I think she only can go with someone who's either like 10 years older or younger either way. You know? Yeah. And like, well, based on her songs, it does sound like she is also getting that good dick. And I don't know how how hard it is to get hard uh, by your second Saturn return. It's something I'm not sure about. Right, 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 right. You um, know. Was that Megan the Stallion in the front row? It looked exactly like her. And mm. then they also cut away to Spike Lee in one of the one of the like box seats. Did you notice that? Yeah, I saw Spike. I did notice that for some reason, a few of the times when he did particularly racial jokes, they cut to white women laughing, which I just thought was a funny choice. I don't think it's an accident. I just thought it was a funny choice. I know. Oh, my God. That's like that gives me such anxiety to be yeah. like to be the white person in the crowd who's laughing at the thing that you're like maybe not supposed to laugh at because you right. just know that people are gonna be like oh my god that white lady me 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 you well, know it's like the, and it's like of course they're supposed to laugh about it like so it's not actually a dig but I just think it I don't I, you know nothing's it's no coincidence like it's just I know so I know so it, I, I, I thought it was like Mah-ha-ha. I'm just uh, so steeped in Twitter that that's where my brain goes first you know that dude you know because I'm just like oh this is like the thing that's gonna get gift and go viral and be oh here's the uh the white woman laughing at the n-word joke let's find what right. out what her job is and get her fired you know like that's yeah. where my brain goes automatically because it's broken you know how you could help fix Molly's brain by joining the Patreon Going to patreon.com slash space trash podcast. Yeah. And you'll fix Molly's brain in my bank account so that I can finally pay for the abortion I deserve. <laughs> space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles the rich and your race. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 